pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. San Antonio Sports Star Audio Vault is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. James Pledger, Jack Thompson, The Saturday Morning Hangover. Welcome into the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star. ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 12.50. That's right, we are your hangover without the headache. This is the Saturday Morning Hangover. I am James Pledger. I am joined by Jack Thompson and Katie Goodman. What's up? What's going on, guys? Not a whole lot. All right. (laughs) How was Margaritaville? That was pretty fun, man. Yeah? It was a good time. It was in Conroe, right? Yeah, yeah. Right in Lake Conroe, right on the lake. A lot of fun. It looked like a like a good getaway. Like yeah, maybe for nice. a weekend, just get away somewhere in the state. It yeah. looked it looked dope. Yeah, it was pretty cool. A lot of good drinks. Tell you that. <laughs> I myself just got back from Lake Travis last weekend. Bruised rib, a little bit of a vocal issue right now, but I think I'm doing okay. I think I'm hanging in there. Time out. You got to tell us how this bruised rib happened. Because who just goes on vacation and comes back with a bruised rib? Apparently, I do. Yes. So <laughs> what I did was we went out to Lake Travis, and we got a lake home out there uh, with our own dock and stuff. And my friends brought their boat. And with their boat, they brought their skis and their tube. So we were skiing and tubing. And then on the tube, I got bucked way up in the air. And I fell off the tube. And when I hit the water, it was right on my ribs. And I instantaneously felt it. Now, did that stop me from continuing to ski and tube the rest of the weekend no it did not it took a three-hour power nap to get me right that's about it but bruised ribs are no joke they hurt every time you breathe every time you move they're just there always. it's not great but it's progressively gotten better throughout the week i would say i'm probably about 60 percent right now so it's better than where i started so just no sprinting in the parking lot then is uh yeah, especially <laughs> sprinting and falling in the yeah. parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, free agency has been wild to start things off. But it started with the San Antonio Spurs. And the Spurs traded away all-star guard DeJounte Murray. And I wanted to instantaneously get your thoughts on the trade. Man, at the time... I was completely and utterly shocked and very sad. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. we were giving away our far and away best player, one of the best players at his position in the league. So at first, I was completely blindsided okay. and shocked and sad. All of those, you know, negative emotions, grieving. pissed off. Yeah, <laughs> grieving, just. All of those emotions. But you had a couple of days to digest it. Yeah, I had some days to digest it. Some other things came out, such as, you know, DeJounte supposedly said he 
wasn't going to resign at all, even in the next two years. And, you know, the more I thought about it, took it all in, I've kind of, uh, you know, my emotions have kind of s- not necessarily switched sides. Of course, I never wanted to see DJ go, of course, but if he wasn't going to resign, then trading him makes a whole lot of sense. It gives us a definite direction in what we're trying to do. And we got three firsts. I guess at this point, I'm just upset about the package that we did get for DeJounte. I feel like it certainly could have been better. Like, we didn't, I don't know why we took on Danilo Gallinari. We're just going to wave him. So I feel like mm-hmm. we could have got another young, good player to fit the timeline and direction of the team. But we got three first picks. We've got like seven in the next five drafts, I think it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like we're just going to be throwing all seven of them to try and get number one next year. So if all comes to fruition and we can land, you know, Victor Wibanyana, who is supposedly, not supposedly, I mean, you see the tape, the kid's freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. Definition of a unicorn for sure. If we can, if we can land him, suddenly Brian Wright's looking like a genius. So it's just trading away your best player for uncertainty is just, it's scary for sure. But Mm -hmm. I'm excited to see all the young guns just go at it. I'm excited for a rebuild. I think it's about time we kind of, like you say, pick a direction. But if I have to say, the thing that was most upsetting for me is that I went and picked up the DeJounte bobblehead <laughs> oh, that same day. At least it's not oh, a jersey. was bamboozled, you guys. And I swear to you, I also had a Keldon Johnson uh, voucher, but I didn't get one. So maybe that's a sign. I had a friend reach out to me directly, and she said every bobblehead she's ever um, gotten from the Spurs, they've been traded out or left or retired. And, and so maybe that was the bobblehead curse. Maybe that's what it is, you know? All right. Can I make you all feel a little bit better about it? Can I try and make you all feel a little bit better about it? Okay. Um, Brian Wright on ESPN, when the DeJounte trade happened, said San Antonio got a haul. The Knicks were definitely definitely had some talks. I will say that like I've seen the Knicks get some criticism for Win not horse, winning the with bidding war. The Hawks gave up an extraordinary haul to get DeJounte Murray. DeJounte Murray is a very good player. He's a 25-year-old all-star on a very good contract for the next two years. These players do not come around very often, which is why there was a bidding war for him. And the Hawks paid for that. Not only did they offer two unprotected picks, which is just, when you offer unprotected picks, especially multiple, chances are you're going to get burned. And a pick swap. I, I, I would almost guarantee you that one of those three picks is going to sting the Hawks pretty badly. That's Wendy on ESPN, and unprotected picks do come back to haunt teams. We've seen it. Yeah. We saw it with the Timberwolves mm-hmm. when the Golden State Warriors ended up getting James Wiseman at number two overall. We've seen yep. it with the Boston Celtics, who ended up getting both Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum because they owned the Brooklyn Nets picks mm-hmm. from the Kevin Durant and Kevin Garnett trade or uh, Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce trade yep. back in the day. Mm-hmm. We see these unprotected picks come back to hurt people. It's about to hurt Brooklyn again. They're about to blow it up, and Houston owns their picks and swaps for the next five years. 
Yeah, that organization organization sucks. <laughs> so, unprotected picks are a huge deal, especially far in the future. Because if you think about the timeline, the protected pick they got from Charlotte, which is top sixteen protected this year, I believe. If they don't convey it, it will go to top twelve the following year, and then two seconds. Mm-hmm. So, that pick is the twenty twenty three one. That one's next year. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we could potentially have, well, not potentially, we will have two lottery picks next mm-hmm. year, which we could potentially package with our unprotecteds in the future to try and go get number one. Mm-hmm. Well, you might not have to try very yeah, hard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> if we, we might not even try, and we could end up with two top five picks. Like, it could work out extremely in our favor or the balls don't bounce our way, and we end up with 10 and 16. And those actual <laughs> Hawks picks in 25, 7, and the swap in 6, think about it. DeJounte's contract's over in 5. Mm-hmm. He's not going to get the same offensive leeway that he had in San Antonio where he was the guy. Oh, yeah. He's going to be brought in to be asked, kind of a defensive specialist for the most part, and a guy that can help take some of the defensive load off of Trey Young. Do you think for two years, not getting shine the way that he was offensively here in San Antonio, that he's going to want to re-sign in Atlanta, or is he going to want to look for greener pastures and kind of control his own team again? So he may not be there. That may fall apart in Atlanta, and those picks all of a sudden look extremely better because while I like DeAndre Hunter and... Onyeka Kongwu and Clint Capella, there's no guarantee that any of those players pan out any more than they have already. I would have loved to have gotten Onyeka for sure. Sure. That would have been great. But, you know, it is what it is. There's no going back now. So just bear with them. It's going (laughs) to be a long one. We also got to see a draft in the past week, in which... Oh, yeah. Loved the draft. Jeremy Shohan. Loved the draft, baby. Malachi Branham. Been calling Jeremy Shohan. You have. Malachi Branham and Blake Wesley. Now, we didn't think they were going to use all three, but then again, we didn't think they were going into a full-on rebuild either. So it made sense. (laughs) How much do you expect... How much do you love this draft, Jack? I mean, I absolutely loved the first two picks. I've been on Jeremy Shohan, top of my... Bored mm-hmm. since, you know, NBA and college se- regular seasons and playoffs, whatever, ended. So when we picked him, I was ecstatic. For one, made me feel smart. I, said <laughs> I always we were, love that. I said <laughs> we were going to pick this dude and we went and got him, so I love that. But then to get Malachi Branham, a guy who we never even thought would be there when at we were 20, picking yeah. at 20... That was amazing, too. That's a guy that could really come in and develop into a 20-point-a-night score easily with the way that he could just has a knack for putting the ball in the basket. So I was extremely excited about that one, too. And then Blake Wesley was a surprise. I mean, very good guard. I I see a lot of Mm kind of – not. I said this on Locked on Spurs, and I'm not – comparing him outright to this guy but you watch his tape at Notre Dame looks like a young athletic bigger Tony Parker in a sense shades of yeah gets to the basket extremely well super slippery lot of moves around the basket 
But then he's also 6'4", 6'5", and can play really, really high above the rim. So a lot of upside in, in that on all three picks, really. But to get Blake Wesley at 25, it's another guy I didn't really think was going to be there when we were picking at 25. Mm-hmm. Of course, I really, really wanted Nikola Jovic. Same. And the fact that – um, where did he go? Milwaukee? I believe so. Yeah. Could could regret that one, but uh, Blake Wesley, a lot of upside. All three super young, so lot lot to be excited about with these three. Lots to be excited about. How are you guys feeling about uh, Brett Brown making a return? He was part of four NBA title teams. Yeah, Brett Brown. That makes me think that Pop is not long for this, and <laughs> he brought in a guy to... I don't know if he's going to take over. I mean, I guess it's possible, but... Ooh, that's a take. That's a hot take. Um, At least be there to help guide and groom whoever comes next. Please be Jay Wright. Yeah. But we'll see about that. <laughs> yeah. Jovic was uh, the Heat, by the way. Oh, it's the Heat, yeah. And as far as Brett of, Brown... A lot of white shooters on the Heat. I like that. As far as Brett Brown, I do think that he's probably ready or here to eventually overtake Pop and kind of lead the thing because, let's face it, Brett Brown has experience when dealing with a rebuilding team. He was part of the process in Philadelphia Mm -hmm. that led to them getting Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid and Markel Fultz, even though that didn't work out and they should have taken Jason Tatum that year, but that's for another story. (laughs) But he's been a part of a team that has raced to the bottom Mm -hmm. in order to secure top picks. And with those top picks, they got some pretty good players. Yeah, they ended up with three number one overall picks during his time between Embiid, Simmons, and Fultz. I think the important part about um, Brett Brown is that he's part of the Spurs culture. You know, he has been there for an extended period of time. He was a big part of of winning those championships, and he even interned there. He did mm-hmm. an in, a, a coaching internship. So I think he's a great person, if that were the case, to kind of step into that role, or at least just be around. So if somebody else does that, he can just carry on that culture. I mean, does the culture have to die? The culture well, does not have to die because everybody everybody raves about, you know, our culture, how diligent, hardworking, just by the book, by the detail humble. it is in the locker room. Yeah, humble. I'm, I'm just going to throw it out there because DeJounte's trade mm-hmm. and him wanting out, he was the most active yeah. member of the Spurs on social media in terms of stirring the pot he's, with he's been known that we were going to trade him like yeah he's that's been what trolling I'm saying. us like for he, weeks he's been the most active yeah, on oh, social yeah. media he is the one spur that didn't quote unquote fit the culture yeah. in, in terms of things that they were kind of building for and being in house and lock everything down so the move Can't of getting like rid of anymore yeah, you can't. That's what I'm saying. You can't be like that, that anymore. Side of Draymond the... Green was doing podcasts after finals games in yeah. the locker room. Like, <laughs> players want a platform. Yes. And to rob them of that is going to 
keep you from getting free agents. See, it is. It takes a certain brand of someone that are very few and far between to be like a Tim Duncan who has no there's interest. You can't. There's no. You can't. Everything <laughs> no is about like building your own brand. Especially these days. not Gen Z. But I would (laughs) say that that part of the Spurs culture is is done. Like, just yeah, I would say so. That whenever have we seen something like what just happened with the Spurs? When have we ever traded our outright far and away best player? That's never happened. So the Spurs are shifting direction when it comes to. Uh, like front office and publicity and stuff like that. Because I before this year, I'd never heard so many players. We were working out, we were interviewing, all this, then all the smoke about all the trades. Like the gates of the Spurs have opened, and all the information is going to start flooding out more and more. And I feel like that part of the organization has definitely shifted the way it wants to go it's we're much more open now i feel and i like it i'm here for it i hope so because they're going to need to because there's going to be some lean years during this rebuild and Mm -hmm. they need to make themselves available to the fans in order to keep them here or you know austin hello it's gonna be what's gonna happen (laughs) is it's gonna be a multi-city type thing where mm-hmm. we lie somewhere in between San Antonio and Austin. Buda. Yeah. And Braunfels. Which would be cool. I'm, I don't care. He's I'll... Jack Thompson. She's Katie Goodman. I'm James Pledger. You're locked into the Saturday morning hangover. When we get back, whoo, free agency's been wild, not just for the Spurs, but the entire NBA, including Kevin Durant wanting out. Can it happen? Will it happen? We'll talk about it next right here on the Saturday Morning Hangover on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM and AM 1250. It's Rob Thompson. Get your big headline sports and a whole bunch of fun. Join Rudy J and I weekday mornings at 7. It's R&R in the morning on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 94.1 FM. If you don't like your life, then you should go and change it. Welcome back into the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM and AM 1250. I'm James Pledger. I'm joined by Jack Thompson and Katie Goodman. What's happening, fellas? Chilling. (laughs) Man, we got a lot to get into. Free agency's been wild. College football, or the college in general, the landscape is just changing right before our eyes. We're going to talk about that, of course. Some huge soccer news for the U.S. men's team as they qualified for their first Olympics since 2008. We'll talk about that coming up. DeJounte's trade. We're going to have Jeff Garcia of Locked On Spurs to join us to kind of break down where the Spurs are after the draft and trading DeJounte Murray. But first, free agency. It started with a bang with Nikola Jovic getting the richest deal in the history of the NBA at five years, 270, which two back-to-back MVP deserves it, right? Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, right. there's no question. We've seen a lot of action, though. Um, most recently, last night, we saw Rudy Gobert go for four picks, five players, three of those picks unprotected from the Timberwolves, in which it includes... Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, 
Their draft pick, Walker Kessler, guy that we talked about quite a bit Basically, on this Basically, Rudy Gobert. Basically. <laughs> Jared Vanderbilt, Leandro Balamaro, and then those four picks, three of which are unprotected. That's massive. That is a massive haul. A weird trade. Does that mean Donovan Mitchell's on the block now? I think he is, but they'd be stupid to trade him. I mean, you go get Victor, but then you got if you get the number one pick, who you else you got? Like, I have literally no one. Literally no one. At least we have some up and coming good young guys in Keldon and Devin. They got Jordan Clarkson, San Antonio Zone. Yeah, but there's no more upside with him. Everybody knows who he is. Like he's he can go get you buckets for sure, but he's not a guy that necessarily makes your team a whole lot better. So. That's a, but if they're tearing it down to build it back up, the amount of capital they could get for a Donovan It's true, yeah. Definitely true. If that's what they got for Rudy Gobert. That was a strange pick. I don't know why you want Cat, who is a center, to... Yeah, and then he's you, obviously going to play the four. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't like that deal. Two soft bigs, if you ask me. Ooh. The S word. Yeah, soft. For a, a three-time defensive was, player of the year, that's that's some harsh words. A lot of people have said it was a really, really weird trade uh, that Utah did and that they think they're up to something. What could that something be? I mean, they're trying to hide Cat's softness and lack of <laughs> defense with Rudy Gobert is what they're doing. But then they bring in Kyle Anderson, too, mm. and that's, you know... I don't want to call him, like, soft, but... Slow-mo? Sl- he's not, like... He's definitely on the decline as a player. Well, let's, I don't know. That's I, just I mean, they made get, some weird moves over there. Let's be real about it. Minnesota got rid of their hardest player in Patrick Beverly and their other best defender, Jared Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Interesting deal. So the question remains now: If that's what it costs to get a Rudy Gobert. What does it cost to get a Kevin Durant? Ten picks. <laughs> five, five picks and five swaps? Yeah, something ridiculous. See, I feel like if I was a GM, I would want DeJounte over Rudy Gobert. And the fact that we got so much less ticks me off. Because Minnesota also wanted DeJounte. They were also in the, all that smoke. So I just don't so understand York, how we... They weren't willing to unprotect those picks. Yeah, obviously <laughs> Minnesota was. Maybe they weren't for DeJounte, though. And maybe that speaks of what the NBA thinks about Rudy Gobert compared to DeJounte Murray. A lot of, a lot of dummies out there. I could be a GM, dude. I could... <laughs> I could do this. Is that just a Thompson thing? Is that because your dad's like GMing's easy? I I don't know. I don't know about my dad because he would need some 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 help for sure. But I could I could do it, man. Maybe I could it was so a group do effort. it. I could so do it. I think it's a Thompson thing. <laughs> There's no doubt in my mind. I could put together a championship team. Speaking of tooting our own horns, you called uh, Jeremy Sohan. I did. I called Jalen Brunson's going to get overpaid by the Knicks. 
way, way long ago in free agency. <laughs> that man got four years, $104 million to go to New York and leave Dallas. Dallas did offer five years at like 100 I think it was, but that's obviously far less money mm-hmm. than what he was getting offered in New York, so it's kind of an easy decision for him to make at that point. I know Dallas fans are upset. I know your cousin, Wolf, probably not happy about seeing him leave. But at the same time, I would say Dallas is in a good spot. Yeah, you didn't overpay for him. You got Christian Wood in a trade earlier. Mm -hmm. I think they're going to land Colin Sexton. You think they're getting Colin Sexton to play next to him? Mm Mm-hmm. That's going to be interesting to see where he falls Yeah, when pre- as free agency. I would like to go get Colin Sexton, Sure, too. we need a point guard now. Yeah, and he's he's young and fits the timeline, so. And we have a crap load of money to go spend, but I feel like we're going to trade probably the rest of the, the older guys and Doug and Jay Rich and maybe Yach and then just absorb a bunch of bad salary and just keep building assets. I'm not sure we're going to necessarily go get another young player. I mean, you mentioned that, and Spurs GM Brian Wright spoke like four times in like five days. So that was kind of... Naturally so. That was wild. a lot of changes. But he talked about how that trade of DeJounte affected their outlook on free agency. Uh, Well, you know, obviously there's, you know, a new wrinkle with your starting point guard being gone, so... I think we'll we'll take a look and just kind of see what's there, um, not just in signing people, but just in general. Um, and we'll we'll approach it and be methodical and patient, like we try to be uh, historically, and and just see how we can kind of p- put the pieces together for now, but also into the future. Now he mentioned the fact that the starting point guard's gone, and outside of Trey Jones, I don't really see another point guard on the roster. Primo. Yeah. Is he is he the point moving forward, you think? Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if he'll be a good one. No, I think <laughs> he'll be a good one. Honestly, if we're trying to tank like we are, <laughs> stop, like what the hell do you have to lose? <laughs> Throw him to the wolves and let <laughs> him go figure it out. Poor but guy. It starts to make sense as we saw last year at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Primo was starting. No, Primo's going to be solid, and I saw a recent picture of him standing next to Manu, and he's as tall as Manu is when mm-hmm. we drafted him at 6'4", so still a freaking kid that's growing, not only in his game, but physically, so yeah, I say start Primo, just why not? Trey Jones coming off the bench? Yeah, Trey Jones off the bench with the two, I've seen, if you start Primo, he gets Devin and Keldon to help him out, and then you bring Trey off the bench, to help out Blake Wesley and Malachi Braun. It just that's just how coaching wise, that's how it makes sense to me. Do the Spurs do anything in free agency? Like I said, I feel like there's a lot of players gonna, on this roster. Right I feel now. like we're gonna dump some assets and you know, any of the three of Jay Rich, Doug, and Yak, try and get more picks, and at the same time bringing in bad contracts from other teams to sort of sweeten those deals. So, yeah, we I think we will do more in free agency, but I don't think it's going to be anything that to translate to more wins. Yeah. 
Unless we go and get... I was looking... I'm trying to find this list. I don't think you want more wins. Yeah, exactly. I don't, if we're doing this, then no, I'm trying to lose every every freaking game. <laughs> but I was looking at this list, and it was like available point guards, or guards, rather. And there ain't no one worth their salt out there that's going to change... Yeah, so there's no point of... If we don't get him, then keep the money, and roll it into next year. We go draft number one and... Hopefully, then we can bring some people in that are worth it. Well, he's a point forward. <laughs> Could Malachi Branham or Blake Wesley end up being point guard? Mm-hmm. Malachi is not a combos. point guard. Blake Wesley is a point guard. Yeah, he... yeah. Malachi, no, he's not a point guard. You don't think he could be he's a combo a... because that primo was a combo coming in? No, he was pretty much straight up two guard. Yeah, at Ohio State. At Ohio State, he didn't play much point. No, I, and, and that's I don't, what I'm saying. Like, neither did Primo, but the Spurs saw something, which is why they've kind of tried to transition him. Well, Primo, he was just, he didn't play a lot of point because he was on a really, like, he was on an older squad yeah. that had a lot of set and stone Veterans. guards. Yeah. yeah, so, but he did, when he was in, bring the ball up quite a bit. Malachi, I don't recall ever really. I saw it a little bit, not But a lot. he was, he was there bucket getter. he was their bucket. they would hand it to him and tell him to go get a bucket so that's that's how i envision his role he's gonna be could be eventually our starting two guard so imagine how it feels to be a player brought onto a team knowing damn well you're gonna be massacred <laughs> like just imagine that perspective and like but on the flip side tough. you know you're gonna play a whole oh, lot yeah. mm-hmm. get those minutes although Avery Johnson said he expected Sohan to stay a couple years in the G League because he ain't ready. That's why Avery ain't a coach. <laughs> <laughs> he is Jack Thompson. You can follow him on Twitter at Jack underscore Thompson 33. She is at I'm Katie Goodman. I am Katie Goodman. I am at I am Pledger. Of course, you can reach out on the Kilbasa Bacon phone lines at 656 ESPN 656 When we come back. Everything's changing. Nothing stays the same. Is this the end of college sports as we know it? We'll talk about it next right here on the Saturday Morning Hangover on San Antonio Sports Star. The new 94.1 FM and AM 1250. This is Texas Rangers baseball. Garcia slams his fifth home run of the season, and the Rangers lead 4-1. to Catch the diamond action all summer long. San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 1250. If you work remote, Staples has you covered. A mid-mod desk chair to rejuvenate my ho-hum workspace. Staples has you covered. A place to put my papers so I can be more productive. A storage cabinet that I can roll out of the way on weekends. Staples has you covered with remote workspace solutions. And now get 25% off storage and filing products, chair mats, decor, and lighting. With the purchase of an office chair or desk, explore solutions for your Remote workspace at Staples, the working and learning store, and 72 in store only. This is Sarah's O'Reilly Auto Parts story. Driving cross country with two young children is ambitious, to say the least. Then our check engine light came on. We pulled into O'Reilly Auto Parts and they tested it. Turned out it was a faulty sensor. They referred us to a great mechanic just down the street and we were back on the road in no time. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Here at Total Wine and More, you'll love what you find, especially our totally low prices. That rosé you recommended was a hit. 
What should we try for more fun in the sun this weekend? This silver tequila makes a refreshing tequila sunrise. <laughs> Perfect. Wow, that price is refreshing too. Love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. With the lowest prices in Texas. Drink responsibly, B21. I tend to second-guess dinners with friends because they're often interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall. If you're allergic to pork or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints. Call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit Creon.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more. That's C-R-E-O-N.com. Sponsored by AbbVie. At Diamonds Direct right now, there's nothing standing in your way of owning the piece of jewelry you've been dreaming of. No down payment and no finance charges for five whole years on any purchase. Take the amazing Diamonds Direct price you're used to, divide by 60, and that's your payment. It's a smart way to buy. Keep your money in your pocket and still add that amazing ring, band, or bracelet to your collection. Even the upgrade you've been wanting. Five years, zero interest on any purchase. Only at Diamonds Direct. Get all the details at DiamondsDirect.com. Unapproved credit. What's up? It's Rudy J. Enjoy your weekend and let's talk the biggest stories in sports Monday morning, 7 till 10. It's r r in the morning on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 94.1 FM. I feel so close to you right now. The Hat Gang is in the building. That's right. The Saturday Morning Hangover. Jack Thompson, Katie Goodman. I'm James Fledger. You're tuned into your hangover without the headache. Thanks for spending your early Saturday morning with us. Guys, I don't know what else to say, but the landscape of college sports has changed probably irreparably for the rest of our lives. And it will look nothing like we have ever seen it before, probably. With the news of USC and US, uh, UCLA, the biggest markets in the Pac-12 with the Los Angeles market, announcing that they are exiting the big, uh, the Pac-12 in 2024 to go to the Big Ten, which now gives them 16 teams. And with Texas and OU just a year ago announcing that they were leaving the Big 12 to go to the SEC, is there anything, anything these other conferences can do to keep up with those two? Or are we headed to two super conferences and this was the death knell of college sports as we know it? Yeah, I mean, probably two super conferences makes a lot of sense. What doesn't make sense is UCLA and USC going to the Big Ten is going to be some culture shock, man. Well, think about it. You got... They own from Rutgers on the East Coast to L.A. on the West Coast That's now. Crazy. The Big Ten goes coast to coast. It does, yeah. I'm just saying, like, the, the style of every sport that is played between those two, com- like, between the Pac-12 and Big Ten is Night and day. polar opposite. And it's going to be hilarious. When I saw this meme that was, like, when USC and UCLA 
face a fullback for the first time. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's just gonna it's just gonna be interesting. I just don't right out the gate. It doesn't seem like a solid fit, but I just I understand they're trying to keep pace with the SEC. So in business terms, it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And style of play and college, it's gonna be different. Are there enough other schools, whether it's the Big 12 absorbing the Pac-12, uh, the ACC being absorbed by other uh, one of the other entities or absorbing from other entities themselves to make this a three or four conference? Or is this just two conferences we're heading towards? The big boys will play it out, and the only time we'll get to see any parity in sport is basically everything but football when it comes to you know, the NCAA tournament, a bunch of people can get in from mm-hmm. minor conferences. College baseball, we see it as well. <clears throat> I feel like conferences are so important, like the different levels of conferences specifically. Like, you know, SEC had a reputation for a long time being the best with football and, and a lot of other sports, just kind of dominating the U.S. Right? Still is. Right? <laughs> exactly. Heck yeah. Go go dogs. Hail State. Uh, but, um, you know, I think like even the other conferences that are – lower level D1 or whatever. Those are so important for certain players coming out of high school to give those players a chance, you know, and to really develop into those teams. And I know every team wants to, every school wants to be better. It's a 100% a business decision to go into these stronger conferences because you attract better talent. More people want to go to your school if you're in these bigger conferences, right? But, um, you know, I do think a lot of the lower level conferences still play a huge role for the development of athletes in general, you know? Um, so I, 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 I don't know how I feel about all of these, you know, like the Pac-12 getting dissolved and absorbed by, by other conferences. Um, but another thing that really bothers me is how, you know, the SEC is taking on teams like UT Austin, which is not in the Southeast. So they're calling it the Southeast Conference, but like this school is not in the Southeast part of the United States, mm-hmm. you know, and then well, you, the Big Ten it, has 16 the, teams. That's now. what I'm saying. Is it now called the Big 16? No, you know, it's still like, the Big 10. yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe the Big that's 12 just had 10 my, teams for a while. The Pac-12s have Tennessee. 14. So yeah, it's just, I don't know. Maybe they need a better name <laughs> other than Big Ten. Like that's when the not super conference comes in. Yeah. But to your question, I definitely think there are enough schools left in the ACC, the Big 12 and the Pac-12 that could merge and compete. Like, you got Duke, North Carolina, Miami, and the ACC, and the Big 12. You still got, you know, Baylor, Oklahoma State, who are always great and everything. And then in the Pac-12, you still got Oregon, and I guess that's really it that matters over there. (laughs) But, you know, you throw in some of the lesser ones like every other conference has, and you can still fill out a really good roster of schools that could compete but it's going to we're definitely moving into just two or three major conferences. And there have been talks about teams looking to bring whether it's the SEC or the Big 10 of poaching North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Think of what that does if North mm. Carolina and Duke aren't in the same conference anymore. That would suck. That'd be weird. Every weird. That would because be basketball terrible. that would be a crime. Everything. That's a crime. But on the other side of that, if you look at the way college sports is shaken out and how this is about money and having the best of the best, mm-hmm. 
could teams like the or conferences like the Big Ten and SEC be looking to jettison teams like Missouri, teams like Vanderbilt, teams like Rutgers, in favor of more powerful mm-hmm. draws for their yeah. athletics? Certainly. I mean, yeah. nothing's out of play right now, for sure. Everybody's trying to, you know, be that best conference, it looks like, so... Nothing would shock me at this point. Yeah. Was this brought on because of the NIL? The I'm, NIL and the transfer portal? Uh, Was that a catalyst to what we're starting to see? It probably sped it along, but I'm not sure it's directly cause and effect. But I'm sure it, it sped things along for sure because you're trying to bring in more money so you can compete and better schools in your conference playing each other brings in more money to each school. So it certainly sped things along, but I think it was inevitably probably going to go this way. How is this going to affect scheduling? Because you're talking about 2016, mm-hmm. 18 teams. You can't play everybody in a 13 game season. Well, yeah, I'm, but you don't really play everybody Especially in college, they only have a semester. But it's going to be even like for A and M to play Florida now. Mm-hmm. Like that may happen once every. That's four what it's going to be. It's going to be every. It's going to be a a rotation type thing for every every couple of years. You just play, you know, a little bit different teams. But there's one the ones that are set in like you know SEC. It'll probably be divided into multiple like pods pods, and you'll say. always play your pod, and then it'll rotate mm-hmm. year by year with the. The ones that are in the others, so scheduling will be weird for I was sure. Just gonna say, like, what if the conference was divided into like two subconferences, and and that's how they manage things? Probably. I mean, because you look at it, it's not gonna affect other sports. Basketball, you're probably gonna play a buddy in your conference. So. Yeah, it's just more games. But football, Soccer, you only get so many. Yeah, you only got 13 games, and if you got more schools than games, that's gonna really throw a wrench in things, especially if you've got, you know, a non-conference opponent. Maybe but they at the had same more time, games. Maybe. But at the same time, if you look at these super conferences, they're only going to really be able to play each other at some point, maybe one game. Yeah. So it does away with those games, like where Texas plays UTSA, where mm-hmm. basically they pay UTSA to come to the University of Texas, and it's it's a money game for these smaller schools. What does that do to these lower-level institutions that really rely on these money games from these bigger universities. Because they aren't playing them because of the actual competition on the field. That's a glorified scrimmage for a lot of these bigger programs. Yes, tune-up games. But those other schools fund a lot of different Mm -hmm. sports, not just football, just sports throughout the entire university, based on these games where they go and play, like, Old Dominion goes and plays Alabama and gets their teeth kicked in for four quarters. It's, I think, I'm not sure that'll necessarily go away because everybody's always going to want that first, especially in football. I feel like you're still going to get those first tune-up games, but it'll be fewer and further between, Mm -hmm. I would imagine. And a lot of the schools will fall off the list, I would say, of teams that, of the lower level teams that will get to play these higher D1 teams, but I don't see that completely going away, but it'll be f- 
fewer for sure because like usually there's a couple in a year. You usually start the season with one, you play a couple good games, then you mm-hmm. have another one yep. kind of like a bye week and then you play some more good games and you finish the season maybe with one more. Yep. So it'll probably just be one in the beginning and then it's just a stout schedule through the rest of the year, but But what does that do to those programs? Oh, it what does that kills mean them. for those programs? It kills them. Yeah. <laughs> Sadly. Well, my thing is, like, what if they just extend the schedule? You know, because this is where it could really throw some people off. Because, you know, when summer comes around, I'm just thinking of this in soccer terms. Summer Mm -hmm. comes around, you're still under an NCAA contract. So the only thing you can do is play amateur, right? Well, what if all of these amateur leagues fold because they have to extend the schedule in order to play the full schedule? You know, like, you look at football and they're playing uh, bowl games during, you know, Thanksgiving or or during the summer or whatever, you know, like there's all of those things happening. So like, what if they just expanded the schedule in that way, you know, like it's so that these students are playing outside of when they're actually attending school is, are there rules or regulations against that? I wouldn't, I don't know. Yeah. I'm pretty sure as like, there can only... be an expansion, but I don't know how much further they can expand dealing with the fact that these are still, college athletes but also could the smaller schools with what we just said could they afford to expand their season exactly like will they have the budget to do so if they're not getting these big games every year to pay for the budget so it's a lot of murky water ahead a lot of murky water Everything is changing and nothing will be the same from here forward. He's Jack Thompson. She's Katie Goodman. I'm James Pledger. You're locked into the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM and AM 12.50. When we get back, what's on your travel to-do list for the rest of the summer? I just had a couple of uh, nice little trips. Jack just came off of one himself. What else do we got planned for the summer? We'll talk about it next right here on the Saturday Morning Hangover. This is Max Kellerman. You're listening to San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 1250. Talk dirty to me. Welcome back into the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM and AM 1250. I'm James Pledger, joined by Jack Thompson and Katie Goodman. A couple of us just got back from a little vacation. Mm-hmm. Jack got to go to Margaritaville out in Lake Comroe, the new the new one they just opened up over there. I came from Lake Travis. I know Katie had a nice little Verbo experience a little bit earlier. A what now? A little Verbo experience out in that little mini houses or whatever out in the country. Oh, yes, the treehouse yeah. thing. Oh, yeah, no, those were awesome. Out in Fredericksburg? Yeah, that's glamping. It it's like glamping. There's like rock stone baths. It's super close to where you can get like all the wine vineyards and then also the, the strip. And right. like it's really in a, in a perfect location. Yeah, it's good stuff. Anybody looking forward to doing anything else this summer before we get back into the heat of things? I, I want to hit the beach. For sure. Dude, me too. I was just talking to my friend. We were like, we need to go somewhere and do something. And and my first thought was the beach, somewhere in the sun, the water, because I need to be out in nature. I think I've been inside the house or a studio for way too long. I need to get out and do something where I can just turn the brain off, you know? Mm -hmm. That's what I had to do, man. Last weekend, my team just, we played so terrible. (laughs) So I had to. (laughs) 
I had to get away. <laughs> yeah, Jack's having an existential crisis over here. <laughs> yeah, I heard it wasn't a good week for oh you guys. Oh my god, man! It was it was so disappointing. I did the same thing. I went to Lake Travis, and my I didn't find out who the Spurs drafted until probably midday Friday. Like I wasn't even paying. No, attention. I had to tune into that. I was out of the loop, and it was fantastic. Like I, I turned off my emails. I turned off my notifications for the most yeah, part. Yeah, I was texting you through the draft, and you never responded. I was like, man, what's up? Yeah, I was. Uh, I was like, this dude's already hammered. I was. I was quite literally hammered. That's the way to be. That's what vacation, vacation's for. Come on. Like, I was, I was enjoying myself thoroughly. <laughs> but I'm the same way, man. I'm craving a beach trip. Like, yeah. I... There is something about, like, the smell of the ocean. It's so healing. The salt water and the sand and the sun, the breeze, all of it is good. I just love to, like, open a window when I'm near the ocean. Yeah. And just the smell and the sound are just so soothing. You know what's on my life bucket list is to get an RV and, like, drive along the coastline, like, the Pacific Coast. And Ooh, just like, the PCH? Yeah. Yeah, just drive all up there. And I feel like there's just so many different types of views along. I didn't the do the the trailer. I didn't pull a camper or anything, but I have done, done the PCH it? run oh, man. up through the Redwood Dream. National Forest, and it was awesome. I would need a full-on trailer because I have so many clothes, <laughs> and I need a place for hair and makeup of and course. shower always. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't I can't do the sprinter van, I don't think. I'm a little too bougie for that. I get it, I get it, I get it. I want to glamp, okay. But, yeah, speaking of the beach, after the sun I got this weekend, I've got this nice little base hand going. Oh. I kind of want to keep it now. Yeah, yeah. Same. That's what I need. I'm so pasty. Same, man. I'm so pasty right now. That's terrible. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's a whole, like, I feel like you glow when you have a nice, healthy tan. It's a vibe. That, yeah, it is a whole vibe, 100%. Yeah, honestly. 10 minutes in the sun and she's like three shades darker i'm like this yeah. garbage she is like Lucky. golden brown yeah. i was looking at those pictures she I was has like, a great skin tone though. before like she spent last week in scottsdale for a bachelorette trip so nice. she was already oh. tan when she came back and then we just spent three more days out in the sun so she's she's set for the rest of the summer that's the one thing i miss about playing soccer is you get an automatic tan at least at the bare minimum oh, i chose you know? an inside sport for that <laughs> i didn't want it to be is in a, hey, at least you won't get skin cancer yeah. <laughs> it is a Hopefully. it is a certain type of tan though right it is it's dark and it's it it's a farmer's tan it, it, it cuts look off like about zebra. here yeah. and then knees your knees basically yeah. get tanned and that's about it yeah pretty much pretty much oh man but yeah i think a beach trip is needed i also think Maybe maybe work field trip. I think we should probably hit up I'm down the to river. Work field trip. That'd be fun. That'd be cool. I mean, work field. I, I feel like it's team building. <laughs> I feel we need this. Yeah. They're calling you out, Rob. <laughs> we'll see when that happens because the, all these other dudes about to leave us here in friggin' SA while they're off running around in Oxnard having yeah. fun. I know. Gonna have to hold down the fort yeah, while per they're usual. Off gallivanting around. Yeah. <laughs> per usual, me and Pledge will pick up the slack. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so much more to get into. Jeff Garcia of Locked On Spurs will be joining us at eight thirty, so don't go anywhere for that. Of course, 
the U.S. national team, the men, they qualified for their first Olympics since 2008. That's a huge deal. We're going to break that down coming up, as well as the Spurs draft and the ever-changing landscape of college sports. It's all coming up right here on the Saturday Morning Hangover on San Antonio Sports Star, the new 94.1 FM and AM 1250. James Pledger, Jack Thompson, The Saturday Morning Hangover. Welcome back into the Saturday Morning Hangover, hour number two. Don't adjust your dials. That is right. We are at our new time, 7 to 9. Don't forget, Jeff Garcia of Locked On Spurs coming up at 8.30 to join us. Break down things that are going on with the Spurs, the DeJounte Murray trade, the draft. Get us all caught up to date. But while we speak about things like that, DeJounte's gone. Mm-hmm. And all we have to remember him by is a bobblehead. <laughs> too soon? It is too soon, okay. <laughs> Sorry. I'm still bitter about it. And I wonder, does that make it more or less valuable? I don't know. That's a good question because right? I'm wondering, like, when the news dropped in relation to you actually picking up the bobblehead. It was... It was like it was out of a movie. It was re- like hours later. Like you handed you later. were handed the bobblehead, and all of a sudden, boop. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny is that the the window for getting the bobblehead was open till seven p.m., and I think it was announced at around like one or two or something like that. And I had just picked it up at like eleven thirty. I get out of lunch, and I'm like, "You've got to be kidding me!" So um, it makes me wonder how many of those bobbleheads did not get picked up. <laughs> you know, out of anger. Um, it also makes me wonder how many people are going to use those bobbleheads as a voodoo doll for him moving forward. <laughs> Maybe, because that could be a great voodoo doll for those future <laughs> picks that we own of the Hawks. In yeah. case you've lived under a rock, DeJounte Murray gone, Jacques Landale gone with him. For all those people that love them, there's Jacques Landale. He was cool, but, you know. <laughs> Jack In return... Yeah, the Spurs get Danilo Gallinari waived, which, which he's going to be waived, and he's got multiple <laughs> suitors lining up. He's going to go to Boston. You think he's going to Boston? I know Miami's also looking at him, and a couple Boston. other teams were in pursuit, but that would make a lot of sense for them. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Boston, they just traded for Malcolm Brogdon. Ooh, Boston going to be tough. You you think that's a good move for them? Oh yeah, that's what they were missing. They thought. They had it in Derek White. Mm-hmm. We saw how that went in the playoffs. <laughs> so Brogdon, much better option, helps Marcus Smart out a lot, mm-hmm. takes a lot of pressure off of him. You start those two, that's two big, strong guards right there. So, yeah, I love I love that acquisition. Okay. And they traded nothing for him. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> they traded nothing for him. I, the centerpiece of the trade was Daniel Tice, and they waved him right off the bat. So. Yeah, as it comes down to that, you got Daniel Tice, Aaron Nesmith, Nick Stauskas, Malik Fitz, Juwan Morgan, and a 2023 first-round pick. I would love to know how many minutes Nesmith, Stauskas, I don't even know who Malik Fitz is, which is, if you know me, I know everyone in the league, and I don't even know who that is. And then Juwan Morgan. I wonder how many combined minutes they all played. Probably not a lot. So along with along with <laughs> that, the Spurs also got three picks, one protected, two unprotected, and a pick swap in mm-hmm. 25, 27, and 26 is your pick swap. Mm-hmm. So 
if you look at what the Spurs did, they have signified that they have run up the white flag, and this is going to be the complete rebuild that we've been asking for for a couple of years. Yes. It, they're late to the party on it. Uh, yes. yes. But they're <laughs> finally doing it. And, yes. of course, the apple of everyone's eye right now is Victor Wimbayamba. Wimbanyana. Yeah. Wimbanyana. He is a seven 17. Three. He's an 18-year-old, 7-foot-3 prospect mm-hmm. who has a 7-foot-10 wingspan, plays defense like Rudy Gobert, mm-hmm. and shoots it. I, I would compare him to a... Rudy Gobert and Kristaps Porzingis. He's what we thought Porzingis was going to be. But longer, better defense, and handles the ball better. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Wow. He's going to be something special. And last night I saw a video of him cooking Rudy Gobert in one-on-ones. Mm-hmm. So, and we watched. I watched him last summer in the FIBA World Games dominate Chet Holgram. And he is a year younger than mm-hmm. everybody, so... This kid's going to be something special, man. They're calling him the best prospect since LeBron. Yeah. Wow. He he has a high, high, the highest of ceiling. ceiling. Yes. Um, if by chance, if by chance you don't land the number one overall pick, yeah, I think you have to look at it just in no, case. No, it's possible. It's possible for sure. I think the next best prospect is probably Scoot Henderson, who's going to be with the G League Ignite. Scoot, yeah, man, he he was again a younger player. He was a year younger than everybody on the G League Ignite team. Went in as a sophomore, gonna be junior mm-hmm. in high school. Already went to the pro route, and I want to say he averaged like fifteen, sixteen points a game playing against these grown men. So. And he's six two guard, hyper hyper athletic. I just watched mm. a video of him doing a reverse between the legs dunk, which was insane. And um, yeah, he's gonna be amazing. You've got Cam Whitmore, who's gonna go to Villanova, six seven, yep. super bouncy, really skilled wing forward. What about Derek Whitehead? Derek Whitehead coming from Duke. Yeah, I mean this guy when. If you are up to date and you follow high school basketball, Montverde mm-hmm. puts out nothing but pros. And usually you transfer to Montverde as a junior or a sophomore. You're already high touted. But he outright went to Montverde as an eighth grader and has been playing on their varsity team ever since. So this is a kid that's been through it. He's been treated like a pro since he was in eighth grade. 6'5", super bouncy, shoots the ball on an elite level. Like He could be something special, too. You've also got the Thompson Twins. Shout mm-hmm. out. Dope last name. <laughs> I was going to say, Asar Thompson and Amen. his brother Amen. Any, yeah. any relation? No, I wish. But I, uh, I can see the similarity. Yeah, you know, we're I mean, both y'all look, hoopers. Y'all look just the same. Yeah, <laughs> except they're, you know, 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, but they're hyper athletic. They're both, you know, point guard, shooting guards. Gonna be playing for overtime, right? Yeah, they play for overtime elite. Those kids could be really special. So I mean, if you don't get the number one, there's still a lot of good talent. But it ain't Victor Wibanyama. There's definitely guys that could turn into all stars, you know, all NBA type players. But they don't have the same, you know, gravitas. Gravitas. <laughs> that. 
Wimbanyana has at the moment. Sure. All right. How how do each of y'all feel about the Spurs basically signaling that this is going to be a rebuild? Mm-hmm. We are not going to be competitive here for the next year or two. At least, yeah. I'm not mad about it. I think it's time. I think we've struggled for a while now, and it's mm-hmm. almost better to just fully commit, in my opinion. And um, I do worry about Pop, and if he can get things back on track before he retires, if he can hang with us for that long. I want him to go out on a really good note, you know? Like, I don't know. So I'm not mad about it. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy that we have some sense of direction as an organization now. Like, for the past couple of years, that have been like, are we tanking? Do we just suck? Like, what's going on? Now we know at least we're going to suck and we're tanking. So, like, at least there's a a full direction for us. We're going to get to see all of our young guns play tons of minutes. I'm very excited to see how Devin Vassell and Keldon ball out next year. Same. uh, Devin looks Oh, he's put on a bunch of muscle, yeah. And he's rocking the little braids now. Looks pretty dope. So, yeah, I mean, I'm excited for the future. It's going to be rough. Of course, like, we're going to win. Spurs fans have never had to deal with something like this. Though. Not since we went, we sat David and went and got Tim. But that was a one-year thing. Exactly. That's what yeah. I'm saying. They're, they're, they've never gone through what the Spurs are about to have to embark on, which is unless, multi-year. <laughs> yeah. Unless we go and get Victor Wimbanyana next year, then suddenly things are on the up and up. They're on the up and up, but I don't think you're immediately into title contention. Well, no, because we d- we're not suddenly no, bringing in it. a David Robinson. <laughs> yeah, if we had that guy sitting on the bench, then yeah, I mean, it but would be different. if you land Victor, I mean, you you could look like the Rockets here in a couple of years to where, you know, they, they land Jalen Green, they get Jabari Smith this year, and all of a sudden... No, yeah. Things look very promising mm-hmm. after two bleak years. No, but for sure. It's something that the Spurs haven't had to deal with in terms of return no, to I contention. Agree. Spurs general manager Brian Wright spoke about that the other day. As soon as possible. Um, that, that's why you play the game. You play the game to win. Um, I think if you watch our team last year, incredibly competitive. Our goal again this year is to be incredibly competitive. Our ultimate goal is to 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 be in contention and and hopefully have a chance to, to win another championship, but um, as soon as possible. That, that's always the goal. And, and how you get there and the things that you build with, those are the decisions that you have and the choices you have to make, and um, you know, we'll do that from where we are now. I see a bunch of smirks on the other side I of mean, me. He has to say that. He can't like show up and be like, by the way, we're here to lose. So, you know, he kind of has to say that. Yeah. Buckle up, folks. Yeah. It's going to be a bumpy one. Yeah. But no, he's, of course, he said the right, yeah. you know, he said yeah. the coach's answer. Like, we're going to go out. We're going to compete. Tell, tell the we're going to get why. after it every day. We're going to show up with a lot of heart. Yeah. A lot of heart, a <laughs> lot of effort. You know, as a young kid, though, going into this environment, I think it is actually kind of cool to be in the hands of Pop, someone who's known for developing young talent into really great players. Like, every person who has been involved with Pop has gone on to do great things, right, from coaches to players. So I think it's a really good opportunity for these new young players. And, you know, maybe they don't stay with the Spurs, but maybe they go off and do something else, right? Don't be saying that. Speaking of uh, players, (laughs) you never know. Speaking of players moving on from the Spurs to go on to great things, um, I'm going to have to play this because I don't think we're going to have to – I'm not going to be able to use it much longer, but – Bye, guys! Lonnie Walker. Ronald the Skywalker. 
Skywalker has found himself in Los Angeles. That's a great One year, spot for 6. him. Six point five million, joining up with his clutch brethren. He's gonna start. That's a great spot. You think for he's him. gonna start? Yeah, they lost Malik Monk. I'm, I'm aware. So you gotta have some sort of shooting out there. Ain't gonna be Russ. Tht. Who you think? Who'd you rather shoot the ball? Tht or Lonnie? I'm Lonnie. I get it. No, I really think Lonnie's going to go in, and he's going to be really good for the Lakers, for sure. Yeah. He's what they were searching for last year, and someone that can handle the ball, score it, just space, space the floor. But then he adds that super athleticism around the rim. That so that could be a fun team. I mean, I hate the Lakers, but see, that's why I thought he was going to be a sixth man, though, especially because of Russ still being on that team. The best way to utilize Lonnie would be when Russ isn't on the floor, so that the ball isn't dominated, and Lonnie could be free to kind of be Lonnie, like we saw late in the season here. We'll see. I also feel like he could fit into their system really well. When you're surrounded by other really great players, it also elevates your game too. Not to not to poo well, on we, the Spurs, but you know, like <laughs> we didn't see that from the Lakers last year. I mean, having, not a lot of elevation there. <laughs> having LeBron and a healthy AD, I oh, think yeah. it's going. I'll to believe be a healthy AD when I see it. Do y'all think LeBron is on his way out? I mean, he's still as soon as Le- as soon as Bronny gets drafted, that is where LeBron will go. Mm-hmm. He will be a Laker up until that point. The thing about LeBron is, like, everybody says he started this, like, player or team hopping mercenary type, highest paid Mm -hmm. bidder. But LeBron always finishes his contract. Yep. And he's brought a title to every team that's brought him in. Truth. Yeah. You cannot cannot say that about any other, you know, team hopping high level player that's hunting for that ring. LeBron always gets it done and he always finishes out the contract. And you look and at I Le- respect that. You look at LeBron. I mean, I think what he's doing is really cool because he is going to make his son a first round pick when I'm not sure he would be. No, I mean, mm. I, Bronny has r- come a long way. This past weekend mm-hmm. was the the NBPA uh, top 100, where it brings in just you know 100 kids, regardless of class. To basically just play exposure games, and uh, what is he? Maybe a late first so far to you? I don't know. It just depends on what he like skill level wise. I have no idea because he's still got one more year of high school. He hasn't mm-hmm. played any college, of course. So we'll see what he looks like. But he's become a very complete complete player, and he plays a very high level of defense. He reminds me a lot of a young Marcus Smart, okay. honestly, because I I saw him play a lot in high school. And Marcus Smart, you know, 6'4", that's what Bronny is, hyper-athletic, Bronny. And I th- would say that Bronny's already a much better shooter than Marcus Smart was at this age. So I, I, he's got a chance for sure, and he's going to have everything possible behind him to get him there, training, mm-hmm. taking care of his body, you know, literally everything to get him there. So bro, we'll see Bronny in the NBA next to LeBron. There's no doubt about that. And it'll probably I would love to see it back in Cleveland. That would be cool. That would be cool for him to kind of just swan song his career where he started it mm-hmm. after bringing them a title in the middle of it. Like That'd we go cool. Cleveland to Miami to Cleveland to L.A. back to Cleveland. I think that would be cool. That'd be pretty cool. This is the Saturday morning hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star ninety four one FM and AM twelve fifty. When we get back, before we talk with Jeff Garcia about everything Spurs and get the latest from what's going on with them. 
we're going to find out what the latest huge college football news means for the future of college athletics, not just football, athletics as a whole. We'll talk about it next right here on the Saturday Morning Hangover. San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM and AM 1250. Hi, this is Paul Feinbaum. Join me and Let's Talk SEC weekday afternoons at 2. San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 1250. Welcome back into the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, 941 FM and AM 1250. I'm James Pledger, joined by Jack Thompson and Katie Goodman. You found yourself on your hangover without the headache, hopefully. Would hate to be causing headaches for people. That would be awful. I mean... Been a bunch of headaches around San Antonio already this weekend. This whole week has been a headache. (laughs) I mean... It has not been the greatest week in San Antonio, but it also hasn't been the greatest week for college football. Or at least for the old Power Five conferences. Mm-hmm. Because we just saw UCLA and USC both decide that they are leaving the Pac-12 to go to the Big Ten in 2024. Much the way last year when Texas and OU decided they were leaving the Big 12 to go to the SEC in 2025. So far, nothing's changed on that. Still set at 2025. Mm-hmm. But the the conferences not named the SEC and the Big Ten are getting a lot weaker. And if you look at what the Big 12's already brought in or trying to bring in in terms of Cincinnati and Houston, it's not the same cachet as what they're losing. So, are we heading towards two super conferences, or can these other conferences save themselves by joining forces and becoming like the Pac Big Twelve or something? Because it it feels like that's what has to happen if they're going to even attempt to keep up because of the prestige that the Big Ten and the SEC have taken. Not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. I mean, if you look at the Big 12 and the Pac-12, it would have to be a humbling on somebody's part because every conference is trying to save their own necks right now. Every conference board, every conference commissioner, every you know, is a fight to save your own. And when you're trying to save yourself, you forget about the grand plan maybe. And uh, maybe if this dissolves, we can still save a semblance of what is here. And until they can come together and maybe Colorado and Oregon and Stanford and Utah decide to join the Big 12 to try and help save that conference, I think that other the, the two bigs will continue to pick at what's left from the others until there's nothing left. Yeah. Do you think that they care enough to save the other conference? You know, like, is that really in their best interest? Or do you think a lot of these schools would rather be dissolved into Big Ten and SEC? 
It is a great question. I would think self-interest is going to win out over everything, which is why it's eventually just going to be two mega conferences. Because while these two try and fight to save their own lives, with these three remaining, sorry, ACC, uh, Big 12, Pac-12, while they fight to save their own necks, they're just going to continually get picked, 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 picked by the bigger conferences, the SEC and the Big Ten, until there's really nothing that remains that they can form a legitimate enough conference to compete with mm-hmm. what's going to be the two megas. Well, what's kind of silly is if there are two mega conferences and then they break them down into sub-conferences, so let's call those divisions, it'll mm-hmm. probably most likely be based around location. Maybe it'll change every season. I don't know. But like, if it were to be based around location, then if they'd be playing the same teams that they probably would have in some other conferences in some cases, in, in the conferences they were in. Sure, I mean, look at, look at you the know, Big Ten. You know, it's just like, it's like a different organizational structure. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at the Big Ten. You're going to have the teams like Maryland and Rutgers and everything probably on the East Coast that they're going to try and lump together. Michigan, Ohio State, kind of clustered in the middle with, you know, Minnesota or the Iowa, you know, something like that. And then on the West, I wouldn't be surprised if they go after Stanford and Oregon to try to keep that West Coast, you know, L.A., Palo Alto, you know, uh-huh. and, and that pod itself, they can kind of... And plus, think about the television ratings that come in from that region of the country, including the L.A. market. That's one of the reasons the Big Ten is doing this. Right. Imagine how just the SEC network in general would expand because of that. They're getting much larger viewer base by adding in other teams. Like, So I guess it does make sense for these already big and powerful conferences to get even bigger. Jack, do you like the way that college football or college sports in general is heading? I mean, um, because we're so used to a certain thing yeah. with all these rivalries with North Carolina and Duke and the ACC, but the way everything's happening, some of these things may go away. Yeah, it's going to be unfortunate to lose a bunch of, you know, Things like the the rivalries and all that, and NIL and the transfer portal have changed things a lot. Specifically, when it comes to recruiting kids out of high school, because why would I go give a kid out of high school a scholarship when I can just bring in a two year starter from another school and he don't have to sit and he can just fit into the void? I mean, we saw that with. Texas A&M baseball mm-hmm. last year we were garbage. We got a new head coach. We bring in a bunch of transfers, and suddenly we're in the <laughs> we're deep into college the World co- college World Series. So it's it's definitely shifting a lot of things, and it's unfortunate and very fortunate for a lot of young kids in terms of you know not as many scholarships, but you, you now you can make money for your family right out the gate and nil. It's just, I don't know. It's just tough though because there's so much about player development too at a young Mm -hmm. age. Like even if you come in as a freshman and you aren't starting, just being able to practice with the first team or the best team, you know, like that's everything and and how you progress. And so it's like, okay, there's all these transfers, but does that mean that these mega conferences are going to be, you know, only based on? If money. the players They're have experience money. and money, well, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. They're, they're still going to end up pulling players from these smaller conferences mm-hmm. because they're going to need to see the, you know, their track record, so to speak. Well, and think about it. I mean, the the 
smaller schools, at least in football probably, and other sports are going to be almost like a, a, a minor league for these super conferences to where once you know they're good enough, they're probably going to transfer into one of these super conferences mm-hmm. if they can. I mean, it's, it'll basically be a minor league feeder system. Right. Five stars, four stars, and transfers. Yep. Whew, I think things are changing, and I, I don't know if I like it. It really goes from college football or college sports and pro sports to pro sports. what we see as college football or college sports now is like going to be the lesser schools will be what we think what it is now will be them. Then you're going to have the minor leagues, which is going to be everybody getting paid in these super conferences. And then you're going to have the next step on the ladder, which is pro. So it's really going to turn into like three separate leagues. Yeah. He is Jack Thompson. She is Katie Goodman. I'm James Pledger. You're locked into the Saturday morning hangover. When we come back, Jeff Garcia, our friend from Locked On Spurs, helps us break down what the recent trade of DeJounte Murray means, their draft, and where the Spurs are moving forward and how quickly they can get back into contention. That's all coming up here on the Saturday morning hangover on San Antonio Sports Star, the noon, 941 FM and AM 1250. Texas Rangers baseball plays here. Deep out to right, and it's gone! San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 1250. Antonio Sports Stars, the all-new 94.1 FM and AM 1250. The Hat Gang now has four members as Jeff Garcia of Locked On Spurs joins us right here on the Saturday morning hangover. We didn't even let him know, and he just showed up hat in tow anyway. Jeff, what's going on, my man? How you doing? Man, I'm glad I wore the hat, man. I appreciate (laughs) being part of the crew. Thank you, kids. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, I love the new time, by the way, James. Really loving this new time. Yeah, I'm sure that, especially being on the East Coast, that you're just (laughs) enthralled with this new time. What's that, Jack? You love it a lot more than we do. (laughs) Well, you know what? When I was in the back back studio here waiting to come on, uh, I'm going to do this. Katie yawned once. (laughs) Jack, you yawned twice. I I don't think I've yawned. No joke. I've yawned like yes, 20 times this yeah. morning, and I've just yeah. tried to That's Jack, no surprise. Re- rewind the we're on the tape, Jack. You'll see yourself. You're, you're doing the hold it in, uh, uh, you know, yawn like just like just talking about it makes me want to yawn. Now. Hold it in. I truly <laughs> don't. Yeah. Yeah. I blacked out. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I <blacked out>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jeff. So a lot's going on with the San Antonio Spurs. We'll start with what started it yeah. all, and that's the NBA draft, where they used all three of their first-round picks, which mm-hmm. we did not expect. But they did get Jack right. Sky, Jeremy Sohan. Yes, sir. What are your thoughts on the Spurs draft and how it led to where we're at? You know, next time I go to Vegas, I'm going to ask Jack to come with me because he nailed it. Unlocked <laughs> uh, on Spurs, he nailed it uh, completely. But no, nonetheless, like uh, the Sohan pick, I think it was it was obvious for the position of need. You know, like although they said they're going to be best available, well, the best available was a six nine four five two three guy that could defend every everybody on the court. And as I said, defend uh, offensively, he's still a, a work in progress. 
but uh, yeah, I love the pick. I think it was a very smart pick. And then when they picked two guards to finish it out, Branham and Wesley, you know, maybe that should have been a signal to everybody at that point. Like, huh, I wonder what they're up to. Because it wasn't a big, it wasn't even a four, it wasn't even a five. It was just guards. So, um, yeah, overall, I think the Malachi pick was really solid. Would not be surprised if down the road that he cracked into, well, I think at this point, I think everybody's going to get a lot of rotation now. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah. I think everybody's going to get burned. I mean, I, I'm going to be more surprised in reverse this season if you see a bunch of the kids in Austin. In, so in you don't subscribe Antonio. to what Avery Johnson like, said? No, no, no. I don't, I don't subscribe to what Avery Johnson said. No, not, not at all. Not at all. What, what did you say? Two to three years? I, no oh, way. Oh, my. One to two years I know. I mean, this guy. That was just ridiculous. Um, but no, I, I, I mean, I will be surprised if any of these kids spend more than a month in Austin. I just don't see it. I mean, if this is a full tank, if this is the full strip down the foundation, kick open the doors, break it down. Um, then yeah, there is no point to send them to Austin for extended period. Um, now with some of the summer league guys that may crack the rotation, fine. Um, you know, Blake Wesley, you know, log jam at the guard position, you know, okay, we'll go, but. No, no. Is you, there? you just throw everybody out of that court. Is there a log jam at the guard position? Yeah, know. you know what? That's a good point. There's no um, jam anymore. There's no jam anymore. I forgot about Lonnie leaving. Yeah, yeah. Lonnie, yeah, Lonnie exiting yeah. and DeJounte yeah. Murray. So yeah. with that, what did you think of the return that the Spurs got in terms of DeJounte yeah. Murray and the Hawks? You know my first thought was, James? Why didn't they do this with Claw? Why didn't they do this with Kawhi? That was my first thought. Like, this should have been happening when uh, Claude decided to uh, force himself out of SA. Uh, but, hey, it's here. Better late than ever, I guess. <laughs> so the return was solid. Again, another sign that the Spurs were ready to strip down um, the team because had they asked for John Collins and Kevin Warder and, and Picks, okay, well, they're trying to do the, what they did in the past with changing the wheels going 100 miles an hour. This time they just wanted an entire pick haul and then a player that they're going to just release, uh, or probably have released by now, Dinolo Gallinari. So, yeah, I, I think this is the right direction. 22 draft picks in the future, 11 first and 11 second. That's the Spurs uh, path right now. In, se- in the next five years, draft too. Picks in the next five years. You know, and I, I, st- I firmly believe one of these picks are going to make Atlanta kind of scratch their head thinking, what did he do? I, I really believe that. One of those but, unprotected ones? Yeah, yeah, those unprotected ones. But, yeah, with... Uh, with that uh, French center surprise in this next draft. Uh, help me out here, James. Uh, Wimbanyama? Nailed it. Um, Nailed it. Thanks. Uh, so, yeah, and they're going for that. And it just feels like every time there's a big in the lottery, Spurs seem to win it. Robinson <laughs> Duncan. So, Not this year. Hopefully that's the path. And, and, and um, you know, I think that's their plan. I think their plan is just, I think they saw the writing on the wall. They have to do that. Uh, I mean, I was, I was told, uh, some of my sources told me that the Spurs, some people in the Spurs organization understand the task at hand, uh, that big French kid, uh, that they're looking, uh, that's going to be the big prize. So, yeah, I mean, you go for it. It's, it's a roll of the dice, though, because mm-hmm. you know, they call it a lottery for a reason. Yep. Um, you may not get the number one. That's the Boston Celtics, uh, back in what, 95, 96, uh, mm-hmm. you know, when Tim Duncan was the prize. So, We'll see. But overall, I mean, a move that had to be done. Uh, Brian Wright said that you know, he, nobody told him that, oh, you know, 
I forced my way out. I'm DeJounte Murray. Get me out of here. DeJounte Murray said, no, that it was a mutual parting of the ways. So move forward, onward, and forward. I mean, this is, that's it. This mm-hmm. First, got to just, yep. you know, I mean, I better see, Jack, I better see lineups out there. Uh, Blake Wesley, Jeremy Sohan. I mean, you know, go pick up uh, some uh, guy that's never getting burned in the G League and throw him out there. I mean, I, if we're going to tank, we're going to do this. Let's do this right. Yeah, I agree. Fifteen th- games max. Do you think yeah. Bob can withstand the next five years of this rebuild? Oh. I don't even know he's gonna be here in five <laughs> years. Got, yeah. Even if we yeah. won the championship this year, he yeah. wouldn't be there in five years. <laughs> yeah. But the good news yeah, is I mean, they brought in a coach who's seen a rebuild through. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh not just one in Philadelphia. Remember uh Brett Brown mm-hmm. was part of like the, the trail end of the rebuild back in the ninety nine ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The process. So He's been through a couple of those. Again, is that another sign that they're just going to bring in Brett to shake off the coaching rust? Because he's been away from the game for a while. Uh, so, and then pops after the season say, it's been real, guys. Talk to you soon. And then, hey, guess what? We got a guy who's known the system for years now. We'll Come never on, hear Brett. from him again when he retires. Do you really think? <laughs> I, I think he'll stay in the Spurs of some capacity. I, don't oh, think, I think he'll, he'll stay those. there. I just don't think we'll yeah. hear from him. Yeah. Oh, just hear from him. Yeah. Do you? No, yeah, he hates the media. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I, could, I could definitely see him not uh, uh, talking. But you, you know what, James? This is something that needed to be done. I'm sorry, Katie. Go ahead. You're fine. No, you're fine. Uh, I was just going to say, like, do you really think Pop would go out on a bad season? I mean, that's what's going to happen. I mean, there's no <laughs> It's just no choice. Yeah, it's like, I, that's it. That's I, the way the cookie crumbles. I, 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 mean, I mean, again, as of this conversation, because who knows? What if? I mean, a miracle happens, and you next thing you know, you hear, oh, Kevin Durant's coming to San Antonio because I had a bunch <laughs> oh. of draft picks, you know, and young kids. Uh, but after barring his, that, no, no. After his crazy conversation with Kyrie, I think anything is possible. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw the yeah. IG Live, but they were talking about past lives and how KD is Kyrie and Kyrie is KD and how yeah. he's just him in a different parallel universe type. And I'm just like... Too many psychedelics, guys. Too many psychedelics. I, I actually I actually have a very funny story with Kyrie. This is like before he made it to the NBA. Back in the day, the NBA draft lottery used to be in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And I went to go to the lottery. Now, I don't know how it is now, but back then, it was media was segregated from the lottery. You couldn't even go near the studio where the balls would run. And back in the day, it was a little, literally, literally lottery bowl. Um, and they would announce it. Well... I remember some of the NBA PR staff coming in just saying, hey, we usually don't do this, but we just need for, you know, they're being honest. They're going, we need seat fillers because a lot of people didn't show up. So we just need to fill up the fans. Who wants to come in? I raise my hand. I go in, and I'm sitting next to a guy, and I'm telling him, like, oh, this sucks. You know, like, this is boring. I got work to do. Da, 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 da. And then they, the guy's just laughing and smiling and smiling. And then next thing you know, lights, camera, action, go. ESPN turns on their cameras and, we're here live in Secaucus, New Jersey, with the projected number one pick, Kyrie Irving. He's sitting right next to me. I had no idea who he was. Oh, my God. So <laughs> I had no idea who he was. Oh, and yeah. I was just bashing the league and just saying, this sucks. I got to work. <laughs> They're forcing me to do this. Uh, but that was hilarious. But That is funny. I only played but ne- six games at Duke. So if you didn't watch those yeah. six, you aren't going to know who he was. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea who he was. But all, overall, I was circling back to the Spurs. Yeah, it, it's going to be a long, long while before, I mean, James, do I say they're even playoff contenders? I mean, just 
playoffs, just well, making the playoffs. How long do you think this rebuild takes then? If you're looking at, if you're saying yeah. that this is going to take a while, because we've seen Houston bottomed out and got real good quick with a couple of really good picks, and yeah. they look like their future is pointed the right direction. Mm-hmm. Can the Spurs do something like that if they manage to, you know, yeah. do this right and yeah. get lucky a couple of times in a row? Yeah, I think they can. Uh, but you got to remember, too, that these kids that are coming in, I've been barring some sort of phenom, um, you like know, they Vic- still take time. Like, like Victor? Cade Cunningham. Yeah, like Victor, yeah. Cade Cunningham, it's not like he came into the Pistons locker room and changed that franchise overnight. Remember when Robinson took the team from a 20-something team to a 50-plus team? Mm-hmm. Duncan, 20-something team to a 50-plus team? Um, I don't know if there's a player, at least currently, in, in that's up and coming, or maybe right now with this current draft, Paolo or something, that can do that nowadays. Even then, you, these kids are coming out of college, unless they're international, but 19 years old. They're teenagers, and you're going to entrust an entire franchise, a team, their first year to switch them around. I mean, I don't think that'll happen. Again, barring some sort of, you know, unicorn that comes out. Um, I mean, even even Wimbanyama, I mean, Wimby, yeah, I mean, he, he could do, he has a lot of physical tools, but his numbers aren't like, oh, my God, he averages – 29 of a game, you know, uh, out in the EuroLeague mm-hmm. in France. You know, he averages about 9, 10. You know, that's it. Uh, defensively, obviously, you know, because of his length and size, yeah, I mean, he's going to put up the numbers. But nevertheless, I I think they got to do a mix of drafty, smart, and get it, and still being aggressive and trading. And trading, yes, even if it means trading a Josh Primo, a Devin Vassell, a KJ, to bring in a mega uh, a star, I won't say a mega star, but at least a tier two star to mix with their players. And look, if they can trade Dejounte Murray, the other kids in the roster should be like, oh, they went there. I mean, they could possibly do that to me, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I mean, Jack, what do you think? You think uh, the next domino of the fall could be Jakob in uh, currently as far as a trade chip? I think he could. I wouldn't be surprised if he's the next one to get traded. No, I think he's definitely got the most value of people we've got yeah. left. So, yeah, those teams out there could definitely use his services. I would say that he's the next to fall. Next I would want to fall is Doug McDermott. I mean, I was happy we brought him in, and yeah. that experience didn't work out too well. And uh just tired of seeing yeah. him play no defense at all. <laughs> so, you know, Katie, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, like, I wonder if you could project in the future and be like, you know, what if this situation with DeJounte happens with KJ, with Devin? KJ you is know, also hey, coach know, sports. I was actually yeah. just about to ask you about KJ yeah. because we know that his time is approaching. He is on the final year of his deal, and usually yeah. whether they get their extension before the season starts, before training camp starts, that mm-hmm. signifies what their plans are, and we saw what happened with Lonnie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they'll try to work with KJ uh, again. Just because he does a player doesn't sign an extension doesn't mean they're going to stay in their team. Uh, you, you know, we got to keep that differential. You know, sure, uh, I can make a qualifying offer to keep uh, Katie Goodman in the Spurs jersey. You know, <laughs> while she's in contract, she oh, doesn't exactly have to sign that. Have... Yeah. yeah, she doesn't have to sign that. She can say, "Look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay with you. You know, we're all. I mean, it's a risk, but I'm gonna stay with you. But I think I can get more money out of you, out of this con, this current contract. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
I think you got to look out for that. Yeah, I, you know, KG is interesting because, you know, he hasn't really came on the scene the way Dejounte did. You know, uh, Dejounte, I get maybe his campsite. Like, hey, you're an all star. Look at you. You're Mr. Walking Triple Double. Just get your money now. And or in this case, you know, do you want to be part of a rebuild? Do you want to get more less money there with an extension? Let's get you out of here. Let's go to Atlanta. I don't know if KJ's there yet. So if you're the Spurs, you start talking to him now. Like, hey, 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 let's talk extension. Is there you something know, to say, though, about KJ seemingly putting down roots in San Antonio in terms of the things he does well, in the community out, out and joining yeah. the Davies and opening, yeah. uh, you know, a, a business down here? Like, the things that he's doing within the community that kind of root him to it. Yeah. Well, the same thing except for Lonnie. I mean, Lonnie, I mean, you think KJ rooted himself in San Antonio. Lonnie was 10 yeah. times bigger than that. And mm-hmm. He, he, he uh, at least reportedly asked the Spurs to pull back their qualifying offer so he can go elsewhere. You know, DeJounte, you know, maybe he wasn't as, I mean, he did a lot of community stuff, but what I liked about DeJounte was that how he, how fan accessible he was, you know, just very, I mean, well, I mean, put it out on social media. Hey, Dejounte, you didn't sign my jersey last night, and he would meet the person in in person in San Antonio to sign him. I like that about DJ, but nevertheless, no. I mean, I think you throw that out the window still. I mean, it's a business. You know, at the end of the day, this NBA is a business, and you know, reaching out community is great and all, but you know, they they're gonna want dollar signs. They're gonna want to put themselves these at least these kids nowadays in the NBA. They want to put themselves in a team that can get them a title, deep playoff run. I'm pretty sure, you know, Murray saw what White was doing with Boston and saying, wait, you got traded out of San Antonio and you got to the NBA Finals and you're about to, well, enter your prime because he's a little older, quote unquote. DeJounte tries to in there saying, man, you know, how do, how, how do I get this happening to me? And remember, he was the same guy, DeJounte, that the moment the Warriors won the title, he put out a video on social media saying, I want a championship, too. I want one. Well, it ain't going to happen, DJ, if you stay in San Antonio. It ain't going to so, happen in Atlanta. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You never know. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's this team, man. I mean, look, look, kids. I mean, look, James and I, we've been through this before. I don't know if you're ready for this, Jack and Katie. I'm ready for We I'm, know what a Spurs, Spurs rebuild looks like. I've been captain of the team tank for years now, so I'm, I'm ready for it. I'd rather. Hey, I... how long can how, how long can you wait for uh, for a rebound? I mean, are you ready for Houston Rockets bad Spurs team? I mean, I would be willing to wait the five years, but I would really, really hope that we could do something more substantial within before that time. Um, you know, like I would almost rather them be proactive and take control of their destiny, which is I think what they're doing right now, instead of mm-hmm. you know doing the same thing that hasn't worked over the past couple of years, which is just trying to force a team in its old ways and old habits that just aren't working. So you know, I think I think by them just clearing the slate and bringing in new talent and setting themselves up for the future, I just I think that's almost the only move for them, the only intelligent move for them. Otherwise, they're just going to repeat the same mistakes and it's going to be, they're never going to make it to the, to the finals, yeah. let alone playoffs. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you just, yeah. you witnessed that in the last, what, four or five years already. Yeah. I mean, yay, play in, but what does that get you? Right. Exactly. You know, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I don't, what was the last time they were in the playoffs against Denver? That was it, mm-hmm. right? And Derek White had that big breakout. Was that 2017-ish? I think it was. Yeah. So, um, 
been a while, and I'm pretty sure they saw they saw that and saying like, "Wow, you know, it's been like that." But it, look, all franchises go through this for the most part. I mean, every NHL, MLB, yeah, NBA, we just especially, are so spoiled. This is a cycle. So spoiled. This is just a cycle. Yeah, and they'll come out of it. I mean, two de- was it two decades of playoffs? Mm-hmm. Two decades. Unheard and, of. Um, two plus. Unheard of. Two plus. Thank you. And here they are now. But uh, I'm glad they're doing it now. It, it was a tough swallow, a tough pill to swallow. You know, having to trade Dejounte, having to tell Lonnie, you know, Sia, you know, and now you're relying on Devin Vassell and Keldon Johnson. Those guys are going to be your 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 main, you know, chess pieces next season. By the way, I was told too that. Devin Vassell and Keldon Johnson are aware of that, and mm-hmm. that they're starting to up their training together, their offseason mm-hmm. together. So um, they're going to be really, really, really working out and getting ready for next season one on one before they go to training camp. So they're fully aware of what is ahead for them next season. I love that. Very young team. Very, very young team. He is Jeff Garcia. You get that insight from the man himself. Ken's 5 Digital Spurs reporter and the host of Locked on Spurs. You can check that out wherever you find podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher. Just go search Jack Locked and Johnny. on. See, I told you, Jack and Johnny. That's not a yawn, that's a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, thanks so much for being with us yes, this sir. morning. See y'all later. Be Take careful. it easy, Jeff. When we come back, we're going to put a bow on the show and get you ready for the rest of your sports weekend. A long restful weekend and i'm gonna start it by asking what do you think you could eat the most of with the nathan's hot dog eating contest right around the corner we'll find out coming out next right here on the saturday morning hangover on san antonio sports star the new 90 and am 1250 stay in the know with san antonio sports star espn am 1250 and 94.1 fm on facebook twitter tinder and instagram only a couple of minutes left here of The Hangover. We are your Hangover Without the Headache. He is Jack Thompson. She is Katie Goodman. I am James Pledger. Thanks for spending your early Saturday morning with us. Hope we kept you fully entertained. Speaking of entertaining, though, the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest is right around the corner. As Joey's Chestnut looks to devour like a bazillion hot dogs and however many minutes that they Ugh, do it. Watery hot dogs. Yeah, I can't, oh, so man. I can't get behind the dunking the bun in water. Like, Oh, I can't. No. But disgusting. is that so it doesn't swell in your stomach? It's just easier to get down your gullet. Yeah. Ew. Because you can get it all in <laughs> one. terrible. Yeah. Bite. Those people must not have taste buds. <laughs> and never-ending stomachs because I have no idea. I don't even eat hot dogs to begin with. So. I'm not a huge fan either. Yeah. I mean, I could pound some hot dogs. I only eat them dog. at a baseball game. <laughs> yeah. But. Is there something that you think you could devour? What are the basically? other what are the other ones? It doesn't matter, just anything. Oh, anything? Yeah. Bro, I could eat about five hundred pizza rolls. I was gonna say, yeah, I can eat pizza, pizza rolls, anything pizza. Um sushi. I could I eat shrimp eat all day long. Shrimp, yeah. Yeah. I, I hmm. could destroy some wontons too. Yeah. Like those cream cheese crab rangoons. Yeah, yeah. I could oh, God. kill a lot those of those. Those are really good. Man, now I'm hungry. What time is it? It's time for us to go eat. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Go get tacos. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of of which, I could kill about a a dozen breakfast tacos. Mm -hmm. 
You get me some Easy. carne asada with cheese, and I can put some work in, I'll tell you that. Easy. <laughs> Any plans for the long holiday weekend, guys? I'm going to be chilling. Uh, Monday, we're going to have like a family party, so I'm going to be chilling until then. I'm probably going to go on a boat or something. Nice. You know, I've been invited to go on a boat. Whether or not I go is another story. <laughs> I think I'm either going to try and get to the lake or just hang out by my pool. I want to continue yeah. to keep this goldenness around nice. as long as I can because it's mm-hmm. been so many years since I have looked this tan. And I do not intend to lose it anytime soon. Yeah. Just wear sunscreen, okay? (laughs) Exactly. Uh, I've already peeled, so I've got my base peel already gone for the summer. He is Jack Thompson. She is Katie Goodman. I'm James Pledger. Thanks for joining us this morning on the Saturday Morning Hangover. We are the all-new San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM. And, of course, you can catch us on AM 1250 and on the go at sasportstar.com.